0: We are Back here at J. Tom Rink on the campus of Merrimack College, where our score at the end of two periods of play is Vermont 3 and Merrimack 1. I'm Mike Mack alongside John Leahy. Tonight's second intermission is brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Mike uh, McMahon joins us here in the second admission. He's from the MacReport.com, Call as well, neutralzone.net and the Eagle Tribune. And uh like two periods of play here, uh, seemed like that second period, you know, we noticed at the end of the first, Vermont, I think, had, uh, going by the, the uh, stat package we received, Vermont had something like 21 shot attempts in the first period, and only six of those got through, it seemed like maybe that was a the focus there in the second period, and they outshoot shoot back 13-6, but maybe there was the number of odd man rushes. And the difference there, probably, Merrimack didn't capitalize on theirs. In fact, they had a sequence of back-to-back, 2-on-1 and 3-on-1, where so they didn't even get a shot on goal. Uh, Vermont ends up getting one on a, uh, an odd man rush, and then another goal to take the 3-1 lead. Yeah, I thought that was one of probably the
1: sloppier periods they played in a while. Uh, both goals real similar. Both goals, turnovers, transition coming the other way, and they just didn't get back quick enough. Uh, one, a guy kind of misses the puck in the neutral zone, stepping up, trying to make a play, bouncing puck, gets past. Ends up as a three on one coming back. So, uh, slopping in transition, I think, was kind of the theme. Like I said, uh, on both ends of the ice, transition one way, you can't get a shot on goal on an on man rush, and then coming the other way, uh, just too slow to get back and, and allowing an on man rushes coming come the other way. And twice it ends up in, in, in two goals in the back of your net. So, we've seen them a, erase a deficits this weekend so far, and, and they had a bigger one last night. Uh, we'll see if they can do it again, but not a hole you
0: want to be in after two periods. They had a lot of energy in the game last night. Both teams did, I thought. I thought that was the case again in the first period. But then with the way that second period was going, you could see the second half of that period, Vermont had all the energy. Merrimack had none of it.
1: Yeah, I I think part of that happens when you have the goals scored the way that they do, right? When when it's a 1-1 game or if you score a goal, that kind of ups your energy on your bench for sure. You get two quick ones scored against you. Just the way that those were scored, too. kind of offers sloppy plays. Uh, That that can deflate a bench a little bit and take some energy out your bench. So hopefully uh, you go back to the locker room here and kind of get re-energized and and refocused and reset, uh, coming back out for the third.
0: You had the news this week about the uh, scouting coming out, and uh, Merrimack leading all hockey schools with five players on the uh, on the list of uh, the draft rankings. Uh, five players, uh, tied, I think, with who? Boston College, perhaps? Or? Yeah, with BC. Yep. Yeah. So five. I mean, that's the first time that I can think of that that was the case. Uh, five players, of course, includes uh, players that are here now as well as players uh, that are coming next year. But uh, fill us in quickly on uh, who, who the five players were, where they were, and so on.
1: Yeah, I can't remember a year where there's been this many either. I mean, there's always been a year where two or three, uh, but, but five is a lot. So uh, ranked up near the highest were uh, Zach Ewens and Alex Jeffries. Ewens obviously the defenseman, is here now, uh, who I think is... Talking to a couple of guys who are NHL scouts, they, everyone said that they were that, that Ewell was on their radar last year, but he had got hurt this uh, time and was playing juniors in Ontario. And, and scouts seemed to like him, but you know, he just he, there wasn't a, a big enough picture there. I guess uh, this year, you know, you come down here, you play in hockey, he's an 18 year old freshman playing big minutes. Uh, I mean, he's playing he's playing the minutes that a junior or a senior usually plays, he's playing well. Uh, so I think that that put him on a lot of teams' radar, and he's. he's really I, 30 30 up there. Uh, I forget exactly what number he is, but kind of projected to be in that third, fourth round mid-range. Uh, really similar to Jonathan Nicole seven, two or three years ago, three, four years ago now. Same type of story. Play juniors in Ontario again, you know, teams probably looked at him and liked him, but you know, I didn't just go last or two weeks ago uh, when Merrimack had this the game against Lowell here. Uh, said to me, you know, if we took him in the sixth or seventh round last year, we're feeling pretty good about that pick right now, especially the way he's played as a freshman in hockey. So he's going to go much higher this year, and that's what's going to happen. And Kova was the same thing, so uh, he's looking to be like he's going to be somewhere in that third maybe early fourth round range and Alex Jeffries is is in that same category in terms of rankings, he'll be a forward that comes in here next year Uh, he'll be an 18 year old freshman forward that is making a jump from of prep off hockey like we've talked about it might, it might take him some time to acclimate but everybody loves his skill set uh he's he's going to get picked it's just going to be a matter of where probably again in that third fourth round range and then, uh Jacob carlisle was also on the list as a defenseman i think his big freshman year offensively has is, is made teams take notice uh mark hillier another uh, recruit another uh, forward recruit uh, kind of down in the same range as Carlisle. They're, they're both projected to be later round picks, uh, maybe six, seven round picks. And then uh, Yuri Hunema, the goaltender, was, was ranked among goaltenders, I think, 26. And I think they ranked up, the ranks 30 of them. Uh, so it's tough to project with goalies where that could be. I, I, I think 26 uh, on the center scouting is probably a late round pick, maybe undrafted somewhere in that neighborhood. But uh, they could end up. I'd be surprised if all five guys were drafted this summer, but I I think you could get as many as four. Uh, I think three is is pretty likely, and and at least two are almost guaranteed. Um, Are they still separating out North American versus Europe? They are, which makes it a little tougher to to kind of project what round because, you know, you could end up with the the top 50 could be 40 North Americans and 10 Europeans or vice versa. You don't really know. Uh, But but following some of the other guys that that rank them combined, uh, which you you start to see a little bit more of now, once we hit February, definitely into March and April, you'll start to see some of those publications that will rank, here's our top 210 rankings, you know, regardless of North America or Europe. So it'll be interesting to see how many of those five
0: make those lists when some of those draft publications is already going you also had uh, in your uh, work on the Mac Report this week. You also had some, uh, some commentary about commissioner hockey searching for a new commissioner, and uh, we know that we're getting you know closer to that point where that may happen. Um, give us your your thoughts on where that search ranks right now, and uh, maybe if you're uh, you know inclined to do so, maybe some of the names that, that you might be hearing that are being bandied about as uh, possible successors to Joe Britannia.
1: Yeah, it's been very quiet, which tells me there's something going on. <laughs> Uh I know it sounded like uh January sixteenth was a deadline that they wanted candidates to have resumes in and it was all through Parker executive search, not through the league itself. So they uh, have no relation with Jack Parker, I should mention. No, no. But it was the same firm that uh, RPI used to hire Dave Smith, this coach a couple years ago. They have a lot of background in college sports, even some professional sports. Uh, and January 16th was the deadline for resumes and applications. So I would imagine at this point they're scheduling interviews if they haven't already. I also know that uh, people from Parker have reached out to certain individuals as well. Uh, so it wasn't just candidates that were that were applying to their own. They, they were reaching out to candidates they thought uh, they may be interested. Uh, one of the ones that I know they reached out to was Dave Starman, who has a media background also has an extensive hockey background. So I think they're looking for someone uh, that, that has an external Relations background uh, with in a college athletic department that has a lot to do with sponsorship and media. So I think they're looking for somebody that, that has a hockey background for sure. Maybe of one of the hockey schools, uh, but has a background and has experience in putting together television distribution deals or media packages, and definitely corporate sponsorships. Raising the league revenue and the exposure of the league, from a footprint standpoint, I know are two big points of emphasis that the athletic directors all seem to agree on. It does seem like some ads want are weighing things more heavily than others, uh, but. Having a strong media background and an ability to bring in more revenue from a corporate sponsorship
0: standpoint, I think across the board is something that the league athletic directors know needs to happen. Is, is it the case, I mean, you've got 11 schools in the league, right, and, you know, presumably it's going to be those, you know, those 11 athletic directors, I guess, who will end up, you know, really uh, picking voting on, right, deciding who that next commissioner is going to be, but I'm going to guess that, you know, you've got such widely varying schools, uh, you know, at this point, although I guess actually, you know, now this is the first year in which all, all the uh, schools in Hockey East are Division I schools, so you do, have, you do have that, but you also, I think, have the case of just very different schools, and, you know, you've got some State schools to private schools and so on. Um, and, and probably some some different ideas on what should happen. I mean what in what direction do you see this taking? Uh, I think it's going to be a familiar name.
1: I, I don't. I really don't think they're going to go outside the box. Uh, I think it's going to be someone, once they name him, it's going to be someone that hockey's people are familiar with, whether it's maybe, maybe even a name somebody's familiar with, but a, a, a name that's been affiliated with the school. So I think it's going to be someone who has familiarity with the league and kind of knows the situation that they're in. But I think it's going to be difficult because everyone that keeps saying that oh, the league needs to catch up to like the NCHC, which has been on the iceberg, pretty dominant over the last couple of years. And I, and I would agree, uh, but it's not really up to the commissioner. You know? that, that's kind of up to the league schools. The league schools need to put the investment into their programs, uh, whether that's in their facilities or their recruiting or whatever, to be competitive on this. The commissioner really has no control over how competitive a conference is on the ice. There's things that they can do to help, for sure, uh, whether that's a television exposure. But there's things you can do to help attract players and help get exposure for your league and for your league schools. But, you uh, Anyone that that thinks that a commissioner is going to come in and suddenly hockey is is going to have six teams in the NCAA tournament, that's not how it works. That's up to the schools and and the coaches to uh, put together what they, they need to do
0: to be competitive. Mike, thanks as always. We appreciate uh, you joining us. Uh, Tom Welby coming behind us. And, uh, <laughs> good to see him in, uh, as well, uh, Merrimack alum. But, uh, again, uh, folks, check out his work. Keep and I, I'm sure he'll have more in the commissioner search as well as everything else. And uh, So certainly follow his work. He's on Twitter, Mike McMahon, CHN. Yep. Also, uh, the uh, College Hockey News, TheMacReport.com, uh, Eagle Tribune. We'll have some stuff about tonight's game. And uh, certainly, neutralzone.net. Uh, Mike, again, thanks very much. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, just log on to the Internet, and yeah, right. I'll be there. Yeah, the king of all media. All <laughs> All right, thanks, Mike. Thanks. All right, our score here is Vermont three, Merrimack one. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Warrior.